So, um, today's going to be a little bit different, okay, than what it normally is on Sundays um, for sermon-wise, because um, we just let me start off this way. Um, we've been in this series called Goat, right? And we talk about we've talked about how great. Jesus really is, right? That he is the greatest of all times, but then a week hits for some of us like this week, and you wonder if the pastor was lying. Y'all feel me? Like you hear about how your breakthrough's coming, but then it didn't happen. So then you start to question some things, and you start, you start, to, you start to really wonder if what Derek has talked about the last 10 weeks is really true. Like, is he the greatest of all time because he's really God? Um, is he is he really the greatest of all time just because he's our kinsman redeemer? Is, is he really the greatest of all time because of his finished work of grace? And then we ask ourselves, is he really the greatest because... Hebrew says that he understands my needs and struggles and supplies us with grace and mercy, but this week has really sucked. Then, then, or, or what does it matter if he's the final high priest? What does it matter if he's the fulfilled promise or the promise fulfiller because I feel kind of like my promise is lost? Anybody else feel like that sometimes? Or do we really believe that he's mediating on us? Like, what are you saying to the Father, Jesus? Because this week has really sucked. Or, like, I'm thankful for his sacrifice, but I wonder if there's anything else, if there's more they can give me, because this week has been hard. And Like, it's great that he's our reigning and returning king, but is he ever going to come back? Because I'm over this life. And we've kind of hit a weird spot in the book of Hebrews. And I don't think it's any coincidence that this chapter has fallen when it's fallen because some of us in this room, I know because of phone calls and text messages that I've received, this week has been extremely hard. Like, it's been extremely hard. Like, maybe for some of us, it's a really bad, like you, you went to the doctor with excitement, but then when you left, it was, it was not so great. And you spent this whole week just wandering Maybe even asking the question, why? Why me, God? Or maybe for some of y'all, you got you, 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 the relationship that you've been in for a long time didn't, didn't, or that you thought was going to work out hasn't worked out, and it ended this week, and you're wondering, like, is, does God really care about my heart? Or, or maybe, like, you've, or maybe you've, like, you've been praying and asking and, seeking God for wisdom and, and, and guidance and you're sitting here going is are you ever going to answer me? Because I'm going to tell you as a pastor I've asked those questions. I may have even asked some of those questions this week because some of the news that I've gotten from different people in my life has been it's been kind of a rough week let alone a rough couple of weeks a couple of months maybe even for some of us we've been in years of this drought of wondering if God really cares. And if you want to write, like I said, this morning is going to be a little bit different. Um, 
I'm just going to let the Word of God speak over us this morning with just me intersecting just a little bit here and there and not much, um, which I know is like, like, some of you are like, thank God. Um, but if you want to write something down this morning, before I do have an introduction into this chapter, you can write this down. Jesus is the goat because he's the author, perfecter, and rewarder of our faith. Jesus is the goat because he's our author, perfecter, and rewarder of the faith, of our faith. And it kind of gets you caught up in this story if you haven't been here or maybe you've forgotten is The book of Hebrews were written to Jewish believers, which means for years they studied under Jewish law and they met Christ, encountered Christ, much like us. And decided to begin to follow Christ. And what happened what, what happened is they began to be persecuted. And they began to question, where's this peace that God promised? That was promised to us through Jesus. Because I thought our road was going to be easy. Even though Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. What does he say? I have overcome the world. They forgot that. They wanted this. They already tried to make Jesus something that he wasn't. You following me? And so these Jewish peoples were Jewish people were talking. These Jewish believers were talking about turning back and going back to their old way. So the whole book of Hebrews is is the writer trying to explain to these people how good Jesus really is, because they're losing faith. So this chapter hits in a point in their in their life, maybe even in some of ours, that we wonder that maybe we need to be reminded of our history. We need to be reminded of our history because if we look back and see the faithfulness of God, we can believe something for the future with God. It's Hebrews 11.1, 1, it starts off by saying this. It says, Faith is confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives assurance about things we cannot see. Just leave me there, Justin. Faith is the confidence that, that, that what we hope for will actually happen, and it gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Some translations say it like this, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, which means, which means that our faith isn't a blind leap off a cliff. There's something there that sustains us that we can grab a hold on to. Like when, when we look back at the verse that says, take heart, I've overcome the world, that take heart part literally means to grab a hold of something with all your might. Grab a hold of it. There's substance there. There's something, there's, even though, like, like this, this is mind-blowing to me, that people outside of, outside, disconnected from God say that we as believers are closed-minded. Hold on a minute. We believe in a God who came from heaven that we can't see, became a man, died and rose again, and is coming back. That's pretty open-minded. But see, we use faith every day and we don't even realize it, right? I have faith every day that when I open up my beard oil bottle, there's going to be beard oil in there. I have faith that when I walk out to my truck it's, and I turn the key, it's going to start. We have faith because there's a substance there. And if we look back over our lives, no matter where you find yourself in this, on this path, if you look honestly, you can see where God has intervened 
where God has intervened, and you can grab a hold of that. Maybe for some of you, it's going all the way back to your salvation story, where you met Christ, encountered Christ for the first time. And maybe for some of us in here, it could have just been yesterday when, when, when this person interjected into our life and encouraged us, and you're like, man, that, was from, that had to be from God. Because faith is confidence. Faith is something we, we hold on to, we take heart of it, we, we grab a hold of it with everything because it's not a blind leap. It's confidence in what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And verse 2 goes on to say this. Through their faith, the people in days of old, maybe he's going to remind people of their past, their heritage, through the faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. How did they earn a good reputation? Well, let me show you. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, which means he has control whatever's going on in this world. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Verse 4, it was by faith that Abel brought more a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that, that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval or rewarded him of his gifts because he's the, Jesus is the goat because he's the author and perfecter and rewarder of our faith. He goes on to say, although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith taking them all the way back to the beginning. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. That would have been nice. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Are you really seeking God in, in the issues that you're having this week or in the past couple of weeks or the past year? Are you really sincerely seeking Him with faith, knowing that He will answer? It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by what? Faith. It was by it was it, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. Maybe for some of you in this room, God's calling you to something that's making you uncomfortable. It's gonna cause you to leave where you are now and go to a place that's uncommon, but God moves in the uncommon. God moves in, moves in, the, in places of discomfort because if there's no tension, there's no room to grow. Go to another land. He's calling you to something. He wants to plant you somewhere else for his glory. Are you going to have the faith like Abraham to step out on that? Go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Because oftentimes we, 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 we want to know what our next steps are, right? God, if you show me, show me a couple steps ahead. And if you notice, you know, in, in the most popular psalms, psalm in 
hear it all the time at funerals. So I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. And it gets to where it talks about you know, him being a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. A lamp only shows the one next step forward. But what we want to do is we want to try to know what is over there. But all God's asking us to do is take the next step in faith. He went without knowing where he was going. And when, and even when, even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. And here's why we're going to see this because that land that was promised to him was only a, what the rest of Hebrews would call a shadow of the real promise. Because, like it says, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. Because, as believers, as a follower of God, by your faith being in the God of the universe. You're not a citizen of this world. I may have a social security number, but the United States is not my country. I love I love the United States. Don't don't, don't send me any emails. Back it up. What I'm saying is we can't be like all of our answers aren't going to come from the White House, y'all. You know why? Because those answers aren't for us. That goes for who, no matter who's in office. I don't, I don't know who you back, but whoever you back, ain't none of them are good enough to match up to this king. Because we're foreigners in this land, living in tents, and so so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same shadow promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with what? eternal foundations we're living in this world and we're just passing by because we're looking for a kingdom that's not of this world and one day that sky's going to split wide open and if I'm dead and gone I'm going to bust up out of that grave with a good looking body y'all it's going to be good eternal foundations a city designed and built by who? Why? Because he had what? Faith. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren, was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. And here's the crazy thing. If you read this story, Sarah actually had some doubt. Have you ever read the story? So listen, you can have some doubt, but have some faith at the same time. They're, like, they're, they're not really opposites of each other. But she believed that God and that God would keep His promises, and so the whole nation came from this one man, and Sarah. She did some work. He was good as dead. What you think is dead in your life? No, is only the beginning. You want to know how I know this? Ephesians two says you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And he made you alive. That dream that you think is dead inside of you, no. If you put it in the hands of God and have faith, he will build that dream. Because if you still have breath in your lungs, if you still fog up a mirror when you breathe on it, you're not done. If you're not dead, you're not done. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. 
That's one of those only God can get the credit for stories. Verse 13. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. And this is going to be very confusing right here, but I'm going to explain it. It says, they did not receive what was promised, but they still saw it from a distance and welcomed it. And here's, here's the things you have to understand about this. They inherited the promised land, right? Remember, it was just a shadow of what the real thing was like. And here it goes on. Maybe it'll make sense here in a minute. They agreed that they were foreigners, nomads here on this earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the for the country they came from, they would have gone back. Because if, if here's the thing, like they could they could they could have turned from their faith and went back to where they came from and been fine. But they knew God had promised them even something better than what was given to them here on earth. They're looking forward to a kingdom come. But if they were looking for a better place, a heavenly, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And guess what? We find out he's prepared a city for us. Because no matter how, if, if you're a believer, no matter how bad this life gets here on earth, guess what? It's the worst it's ever going to get for you. That's something to celebrate, right? But listen, if you're not a believer in here this morning, this is the best things we're ever going to get for you. And that's pretty lousy. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, can you imagine being promised a son that would be the birth of all nations, and then God saying, I want you to sacrifice your son? You've been waiting years. And by years, I mean years. For this promised child, here you have it. God's asking you to sacrifice it. Abraham, who had received God's promise, was ready to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Because if you know the story, what happened? With a knife in the air about ready to sacrifice, a lamb was found in the thicket. You've been promised some things. And you've been given some of those promises. And maybe those promises that God gave you really weren't for you to begin with. They were for you to be used to reach other people to sacrifice to give away. Like the woman who had the, the half a jar of oil we've talked about before. And, and the prophet says, go and, go, and pick, go and pick up. Go pick up everybody else's empty jars and begin to pour your little half a jar full and all these other jars. And she ended up filling up all these other jars because what God has given you will never empty out of you. But it can fill up a whole lot more people. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings from the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he learned, as he leaned on his staff. It was by faith that, that Joseph, when he was about to die, 
said confidently that, that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command because the real king's authority is so much more than this earthly authority, right? It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasure of Egypt. And I love this transition here. Because Christ wasn't born yet. But what Moses was suffering for was was he had faith that there was a coming Messiah, a coming Savior. And it was much better to suffer and to serve and to worship this coming Messiah rather than worshiping the idols in this world. For the sake of Christ and his own and the own treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible but tangible at the same time. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorpost so that the, so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. Because some of you guys have an ocean in front of you and you need God to split it. And he's done it before and he'll do it again. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned up because the power of God is stronger than anything that can come against us in this world. No weapon formed against us will prevail. It was by faith that that people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. Can you imagine how ridiculous that could have been to some of those people? Just keep walking around these walls because that's going to work. You imagine being there on that seventh day when they walked around the wall that final time, blew some trumpets and all of a sudden the ground began to shake. The writer of Hebrews is reminding people of their past and the faithfulness of God in the past. Because it, it, it was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city. And here's the greatest thing. Rahab is in the descendant. Jesus is a descendant of, of Rahab, the prostitute. That's gone down the line a little bit, but still. Which means God can use anybody no matter where you find yourself this morning. It is by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. How much more do I need to say, the writer says. How much more am I going to have to remind you of God's faithfulness in the past before you, be, before you really start believing in what God had promised you? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. You can overthrow that kingdom in your life. They ruled with justice and received what God promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. 
They quenched the flames of fire and, ex- and, and, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death, but others were tortured. Uh-oh. Takes a turn here. Because what you're about to say, see is even in suffering, God is faithful. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. We hear those stories all the time in the news now, right? It's happening everywhere. We have brothers and sisters in other countries who are dying by the sword because of this. They're not denying the faith they have in Christ. And guess what? I'm a little bit jealous because they're standing in front of the king right now. They place their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and and, 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 their, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. Others were killed with a sword. Some, some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They, they were too good for this world. Wouldn't you like for that to be said about you? Because of your faithfulness? Man, he was too, Brian was too good for this world. Wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. You're like, Derek, that's really confusing because you talked about how God's a promise keeper and a promise fulfiller. And here's why. Verse 40. For God had something better in mind for us, for them. So that they would not reach perfection without who? Us. So here's the crazy thing about faith. Is sometimes we have to put our faith, we have to put our faith in something that we can't see but see at the same time. Like we can look back at our at our past and see where God was faithful. I think of back when I was seven years old and was hit by a car. That's where all these cute little scars come from. They're not little hair designs I put in, okay? Like four plates and 24 screws in my head, something like that. So I have a, there's a little dimple here, and I often say that's where a screw came loose. Because I'm a little crazy sometimes. But I think back to when I was seven years old, lying in a ditch because a car hit me. And my dad picking me up, putting his hand over my forehead, hollering for mama, mama jumping off the mountain. It's a cool scene, they said. I don't remember seeing it. By looking back about how in that moment I should have died and to see God's faithfulness. I look I look at I look at like I know this is probably gonna make her feel awkward, I look at like how faithful God has been to me through Brittany. Because let's just be honest, Brittany has some pretty bad health issues. You wouldn't know it she's beautiful he's a hottie with a body I mean even she got some bad health news this week 
And just to think, like, she shouldn't have even had Zane and Lyric. I, I look at, I look at the how God was faithful in my mom and dad's marriage when, in any other marriage, it would have been destroyed. Things that were happening, and to see the faithfulness of God, and to see see Justin and and, and Kelsey's story. God's been faithful to their relationship and I look at I look at your all's faces and see how God's been faithful to uh, like when we show you how God's been faithful this right here four years ago was a dream for some of us three and a half years ago when I brought you guys together here this was just a dream and a vision How many of us, whether there are eight people sitting at Sono Market? Man, God's been faithful. I'm sure each of us can stand up and tell a story of how God's been faithful to us. And sometimes when we're in moments of hardship and trials and, and the craziness of life, we forget. So my challenge for you today is to be a constant reminder of, of the faithfulness God because in verse in chapter 12 it has this beginning it says therefore since we are surrounded in this room all throughout history we are surrounded by such such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance it's cross country that's a marathon that's sitting 100 yard dash you have to run with endurance the race that God has set before us we do this by keeping our eyes on who? Jesus because he's the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Some versions say he is the author and perfecter of our faith. And here's why. Because this was a faith step in a way, if you think about it, for Jesus. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, discarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Here's the thing. Our faith is in Jesus. Because he's the author, he's the perfecter of our faith. Well, Derek, how is he the author? Well, Ephesians 2 says that even the faith to believe was a gift given to us so even for you to believe this morning you like you were so far gone like you, he, he had to give you a measure of faith to even think about this and then one day it's going to be perfect y'all when we're fully sanctified in heaven but if we if we stay faithful
Like I often sit back and I think, how hard it would be to stay faithful with some things that may happen in the future. Right? Like, with Brittany's health stuff, what if come next year, like this is a reality that that we have to face because we don't know what's going to happen. Like, what if Brittany's gone next year? Am I going to be able to stay faithful? I'm not saying she got some doctor's news that she says she has a couple months left. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm just saying. But what what if what if when I leave here today I have a car wreck and die? Is Brittany gonna be able to stay faithful? Or is she gonna keep looking for me instead of looking to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith? What if something happens to you this week that's absolutely devastating? Are you going to be able to look at the author and the perfecter of your faith and say, you got this? What if the bottom drops out from underneath you this week? Are you going to be able to stay faithful? Because ever one of our ancestors, when it comes to our spiritual ancestors, did. And they've been rewarded. I've seen the faithfulness of God in my life. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping and I'm, I'm believing that that's going to be my cornerstone. Jesus as my cornerstone. I'm going to build my faith on something. So I don't know where you find yourself in here this morning. But here's what you need to know. I did put a note in here for you to write down. Those note takers. Our faith isn't based on what God does. Our faith is based on who God is. And He is shown to be faithful. So here's the thing. Where's your faith lying at this morning? Is it based on what he has done or not done? Or is it based on who he is? Because he's the reigning and returning king. He's the mediator who talks talks to the Father on our behalf. He is the fulfilled promise and the promise fulfiller. He's the one who gives a better sacrifice. He's the... He's the the one who became our kinsman redeemer. He's the one who is God, who, who who finished the work of grace. He understands our needs. It's who he is. So I don't know what you're facing today or what you'll face tomorrow or really the rest of your life. But we have a God who never changes. And he's right now pleading for you. Wanting the best for you. And what is the best for you may not look to you like it is. But trust me. You think those standing there at the cross that day thought that was the best day in history? No. They're like, dude's dying. But here we are a few centuries later saying, thank God for the cross. Thank God 
for the cross. Our faith isn't based on what our God does, but who He is. Um, is it okay if I do something? Um, I know there's been a lot going on this week with several, several of you and a lot of things going on. Um, but for those who were here last week, like it ama- I'm going to be honest with you. It amazes me that you even wanted to sing today, if I was going to be honest with you. For those who were here last week, you know, Josh and Casey said, hey, we found out that we're having a baby. We have a, we have a, we have a doctor's appointment this week where they showed up to the doctor's appointment and they couldn't find a heartbeat. And now they've had to wait a week till tomorrow. And I've encouraged Josh this week to stay faithful. But here's what I want us to do before we ever sing our last song. Is I, want to, I want to bring you guys up here. I want to pray with you guys. Um, and I would love, no matter if you're a guest here, no matter if you call this place home, let's come put hands on them and pray because tomorrow's a big deal. And I want to challenge you guys, even no matter what the news is tomorrow, we've got to stay faithful. God's not done. But we're going to claim. All right? Come on up here. If anybody else wants to come up, then we'll pray. And... God, I just want to lift up Josh and Casey. And I know this week has been terribly hard for them. And just to see, just to see the resilience of even coming in here and singing today has been mind-blowing, God, in the midst of hurt and pain and not knowing. And so, God, I just pray that, God, you bless them and hold them and keep them, no matter the news tomorrow. But listen, we're just going to claim it today that tomorrow that everything's going to be okay. God, I just pray that you, that you be with them, be with the, be with the baby. And God, I just pray that you, that you, that there's a healing that takes place. I, I pray, I pray that a healing happens in the heart and in the mind and in the belly. And God, I pray that you blow these doctors away. I pray all this in your name. Amen. God, we, we, we want to kind of just lift up, not kind of, but we want to lift up the Veach family, God. Just one, the legacy that Pastor Veach has serving you, being faithful to you. And God, he is about to receive his reward. 
But I pray for, for his son and I pray for his family, God, that there's a healing that takes place. We believe it. We're claiming it. We're, we're believing that full healing is going to happen. And God, I just, I just lift them up, God, that in the midst of even right now, in the pain and the struggle and the hurt, God, that, that there's a peace. God, I just, that peace that you say passes all understanding. And God, I just pray that as we, as, as we continue to pray this week for the situations happening in this room, God, I just, I pray that we pray believing and we approach the throne boldly saying, you are in control, you still heal, you still provide, and we're praying for that, for the Veach family, for Casey and Josh, for anybody else in this room struggling, God, whatever is needed, God, I pray that it takes place. And I pray all this in your name. Amen. So as, as we get ready to sing this song, y'all. Let this be kind of a proclamation. A proclamation to say that we are making you, Jesus, our cornerstone. That where I'm weak, you make me strong. Where I, where I feel like I'm losing faith, God, build that faith there. Let's pray. Dear God, we want to thank you so much for allowing us to come together today. And God, I just pray that as as we as we sing and as we celebrate, as we may we fall deeply in love with your faithfulness. May we look back over our lives and see where you've been faithful. Look at our families' lives and see where you've been faithful. God, I just pray that our hearts are healed this morning. I pray that our minds are healed this morning as we believe it can happen in you. I pray all this in your name. Amen.